You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danica and you're listening to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm joined by Riley again this week and we are talking with Chloe. She's the host of Stripper Stories podcast and a dom as well as a pro stripper and sex industry expert with 10 years of experience in the adult entertainment industry. Thank you so much for joining us, Chloe. Hi ladies. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure being back with you girls. I know you came on Stripper Stories is yet to come out, but... Yeah, it's really nice to see you girls. Yeah, nice to, nice to sit and chat with you again and uh, role reversal. We get to uh, pick your brain this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been in the industry for over a decade or a decade. Um, how has the industry changed since you started it? Uh, in every way, most ways. I was speaking to someone about this the other day. I was like, oh, it back talk to me for thousands of pounds now it's like I'm bartering on the on the dance floor like for 20 pound dances you know I think the thing is um now everything's just overly saturated and I feel like guys just want to kind of be voyeurs and not really spend much money I think it's the same with the porn industry people aren't paying for porn anymore it's like I don't know what's happened (laughs) um it's also come down to a lot with uh especially in London people not being able to like touch as much and there's not a lot of contact I think people now are getting a lot less for their money so they're paying a lot less um and they're more likely to go to full service performers than uh strippers so yeah um in the stripping industry I think and even the cam girls have told me since corona started things have changed and it's gone completely downhill as well on that front too so yeah it's it's kind of um I think it's just must be like overly saturated with people trying to do it and people offering a lot more for a lot less yeah, it's a bit of a, a pro and a con. Like more people are doing it, it's slowly becoming like less stigmatized. But unfortunately, that means that the industry is also becoming too saturated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, from what you know about American or Canadian clubs, are there any major differences between those and working in a British club? I think contact is one thing. Um, I think it's. I think women are a bit more free with their bodies as to who comes near it and does what with it. Whether it's like just even just like body to body or it's just like holding hands with the customer or like dragging him along, um, which is probably the most likely thing. Uh, I think we can't do any of that at all. We can't, there's literally no contact at all. Um, and I don't know whether you, I mean, obviously you get a lot of money for your stage shows, don't you, in the US and in Canada, like you talked about Perv Row and like people being able to like throw dollar bills. We don't have that in the UK. We have pound coins. So can you imagine them being thrown at strippers pussies? That would absolutely hurt the shit out of us. It has happened. But yeah. I'm not going to lie. It fucking has. Yeah. <sighs> in Alberta, we do that. Alberta, um, you, you don't throw like cash coin. like you throw cash coins only. Um, in Alberta, wow. they do. They they throw loonies and toonies, so like our dollar and two dollar bills. And um, yeah, most people are respectful about it, and like most of the stage performers will make a game of it where they have like their posters because stage girls in Alberta they have like posters and magnets and like all that stuff, and they'll like mm-hmm. roll up their posters and like put it between their legs, and then like you throw the coins to like get it into the poster and win the poster. But you'll have these assholes, yeah, every once in a while who like overhand throw a chunk to be a dick. Or I remember when I was working out there, 
um, one of my girlfriends was on stage and a guy like took his lighter and was like lighting up his fucking loony like a fucking psycho to like burn her with it. Um, so yeah, paper money's where it's at. Uh- <laughs> wow, that's mental to me. I'm literally hearing my mouth open like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, no <laughs> way. Like, absolutely not. So like, we don't really get much. We have pound in the pot places, which you call it pound in the pot. But they're normally the, um, the, I don't know how to put it, like more of a kind of dancing club. A lot of the clubs in London are more VIP based. Um, and so ideally you'd want to go there because it's better money. But um, if you want to go and like work till like seven in the morning or something somewhere, pound and a pot places do, uh, they're quite good for money because you get like, you know, 30 quid, like 30 pounds or 50 quid a dance, maybe um, if there's enough guys and they will pass around a pot for each person. But um yeah, I've never really worked in one of those places, so I don't know what it's like. But it would be really nice to be able to get paid to dance on stage, you know, instead of just being in the booths or on the floor. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference for me. Do yeah, you- I, I'm a VIP girl at the club that I was working at as well. Like, you have to kind of – you don't just go on stage. Like, I know a lot of clubs in uh, Australia and then some in uh, America. You Everyone takes their turn of going on stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a different to uh, Vancouver. You have your specific stage girls. I don't know why they don't do mm. funny money here. Mm. Well, no, they well, they do it in one club in London, which is I guess fake money, which is what you're calling it, right? It's like the ones that come out of the guns, and it's just like only able to use it in the strip club, basically. I guess that's what you mean. Yeah. So, but, yeah. so you would you would break your like ten pounds into like ten one like one yeah notes I one guess. notes yeah. yeah we have one place that opened like that that was kind of meant to be like more of an americanized strip club didn't last very long i think people are just like more vip based here and like stage shows aren't really um like valued as much which i find like quite sad like british strippers are lazy <laughs> we just we just trot around the pole and like you know maybe sometimes go up it but only when you're really fucking wasted <laughs> the rest of the time it's just trotting around like or paying the paying the dj like i don't want to do stage today so you just pay him off you know there's no point doing it almost um yeah which is kind of sad oh wow yeah that's interesting yeah do you get paid to do stage shows by the club though or you don't get no nope oh damn okay well that's why you ain't doing much up there exactly exactly so this is why I'm like oh my god American dancers are so good on the pole like to be fair the reason why like a lot of me and my girls would actually dance and actually make an effort is like we didn't have time to go to the gym that day or your customer would be in with like a group of his friends and like you'd want to like upsell what you're already doing which is probably the only reason why I would ever take my feet off the floor but like other than that there's you would not have me down on my hands and knees twerking on a dirty stage floor for no money do you know what I mean um (laughs) absolutely fucking not (laughs) so yeah London's fucking shit for dancers on stages (laughs) that's crazy um well it's actually perfect timing that you're on uh this week because I am part of a book club I have my sex worker book club but I'm also part of a square book club and it was my turn to pick the book and I picked as very much tracks with me I picked um the Scarlet Letters by Jenny Nordback, um, A Year in L.A. Dungeon, A Year of Men in L.A. Dungeon. And then you're coming on this week, so that's perfect. So you have yeah. ex- you have experience as a professional dom. So can you first yeah. explain to listeners uh, what a professional dom is? I guess it's just like, well, I don't, we, we used to joke about it called like sex therapy, but it's not really. You, t- you have sessions and you, uh, you get booked by a client. It's normally through through 
it's like names of names through someone you know like it's very kind of an underground well in London any in any case I never really had anything online of myself I never really like promoted myself in any way um it was only through like word of mouth um and I, you normally work with one or two other people in the dungeon so you have like a, a space in which where a, a person would I guess sign up and tell you what they would like to explore that day whether they'd they're more submissive. Uh, they're really, really submissive, like sissy, like anything like age play, race play, breath play, any type of play. And you have to kind of decide whether that's something that you'd like to work on them with um, and how many girls would need to work with you that on with you. So it's kind of like, it's a kind of uh, very difficult job. I didn't like it as much as working in the clubs, for instance, just because I needed like, a respite in between each client. It was quite hard on my mental health, I would say. Um, I'm not a strong girl in any case, but when a guy's asking you to fucking whip the life out of him and you're like, you, you're, I don't know, it's just a lot, you know? And I think it is uh, quite taxing. You have to be a certain type of woman, I think, from my experience to do that job. And um, I like working with others. I wouldn't want to be the dom, like the main dom in that house or in that session. For me, I don't think I could, uh, I think the pressure is quite a lot for me personally. Um, and also when they, when it's full service, that's something I've never really been able to offer myself just because I've just decided that my brain doesn't work that way. Like decompartmentalizing my brain to be able to like, sex is fun, sex is work. I think I'd probably get really fucking confused because I'm that simple. Um, so when you're working in the dom houses and offering full service, that's something that... Um, yeah, I just, I was just wasn't able to offer for my personal self, but a lot of my girlfriends do it. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, like Queens, I've watched them work and it's like nothing else. Um, but yeah, I worked in it for about two years and I enjoyed it, but it was a side job to my stripping and like camming and other things that I do. I had like a sugar daddy at the time and he was the one who kind of introduced me to it. So I was like, wow, this is, this is a completely different, uh, world. It is completely different. And it's not like Fifty Shades of Grey different, okay? Because that's not, that's not fucking real. That is not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I did enjoy it. It's just, I, I don't think I'll go back to it. And I think a lot of the dungeons are, like we said last time, closed now. So I'm not sure how many jobs are going to be left in like public houses. I think it's going to be more online and in people's homes now because of Corona. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So to start working at a dungeon, what is the application process like? Yeah, I basically was working through a friend. So that's the kind of application process that I had personally for that job. Um, And then obviously uh, through that job, knowing the dom of that house, she suggested me for other work. I'm not sure what it's like coming in off the street being like, oh yeah, I've done my dom qualification i'm not really sure what there is to do i mean i'm sure there is there is certain things that you need to know about and things you need to um understand for safety purposes um but i think everywhere is different and uh yeah i have heard people having to like bring in a cv or like demonstrate this and demonstrate that which i think is quite good to be honest when it's someone else's house and they don't know you i think that's a really good thing to do i personally wouldn't want to work like that i'd have to work with people i trusted myself before i deal with a customer because they're a different thing you know like you don't want to have to be working with strangers and then working with strangers on the other side of things that would freak me out 
like completely freaked me out. There's enough in the strip club of that shit. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you can work on your own in the strip club in the Dom house. It's all about like collaboration and working as a team, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, I have, I've never had to fill out a form. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, before we keep picking your brain about the actual mechanics of the dungeon. Um, do you want to just explain some of the phrases you were using? Um, breath play, age play, um, all of that, because I know when we're in the industry, it's all just so like common sense, the jargon, but I know listeners, I'm going to get 500 messages being like, what's breath play? What's age play? Yeah. What's age play? What? Okay. So breath play is when you restrict the airway of someone. So there's lots of different ways you can do that. Um, I mean, we had like, it was got to the point where people were like waterboarding other people, um, and being in like bags and sacks and in, cages under beds and things like that and being able to like zip people up and basically full-blown condoms like body condoms and leaving them there for hours and this would happen like this would happen while another session was going on so some people would come in and they'd stay there for two hours in silence under a bed while another session was going on in the same room and that's that what they would pay for um and it's fascinating because that's they want to be forgotten they want to be feel like, I guess, uh, really vulnerable in that respect. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was my mostly like how I would deal with age play. It was lots of the sacks that we put people in, um, age play. I didn't really like personally for myself. I found that really difficult to handle when, uh, guys are kind of how low can you go? How low can they go? Um, with derogatory racial terms as well. I found that quite difficult to handle. Um, as I do on cam as well. Uh, it's kind of, you don't want to be the girl that judges and, and says, you know, this is wrong because until they're actually doing something in real life, it's, it's never wrong to kind of, um, act out a fantasy. Fantasy is kind of somewhere where it's, it can be a safe space for two people if it's consensual, but there are, like I said, the reason why I didn't carry on doing that job is because I was just like full frontal, throttled with like the most ridiculous shit and like I I do rate the women who do do it full time um but for me I don't know I mean age play race racial slurs and things like that I couldn't even I couldn't even say on the microphone like it's the language that is just too much you know um but a flogging yes I'd love that that's great put you in a sack for three hours wouldn't mind that either um even you know any of the like jerking machines and things that women would use and the gloves and the um, like PVC and the latex. I love all of that. And like all the slip and slide shit, but no, I wouldn't be doing, um, age play race play is just where I would draw the line. And, and even bestiality, like uh, that used to actually happen in some dungeons in London, um, where, you know, animals are involved and like, it's not a place it's not a wholesome place for even a stripper to be. So yeah, um, it's yeah, it's it's something that I I didn't deal with very well. I do, I wouldn't say. Um, and even though I love doing it, only certain sessions I would do. And uh, yeah, breath play was probably the, the most the the furthest I would go. I don't know about you girls, but I mean I don't know about race play and things like that. I don't know how much you've had to have to witness of that or like be involved in. It is quite a difficult place to be in isn't it because you're kind of like fighting with your inner self like do not judge don't you know you don't want to make that person feel uncomfortable but at the same time you have your boundaries you know yeah that's something I spoke with um 
obviously yeah. bringing a book like that to a square book club, everyone was like shooketh. Uh, <laughs> and they're I like, I love that term. I love that term. I'm using that again. Yeah, you can steal it. Um, <laughs> and they were like, you know, oh my God, like, um, ew, I would never let him like lick this or ingest this or do this. And it's like, that's good that you know your boundaries. Um, but if you have that many boundaries, like he can't call me a bitch and I can't call him this and he would blah, blah, blah. Like you're probably not going to, you're going to really limit yourself. Um, but I do think it is good to have certain boundaries. So my phrase I always use is I never yuck someone's yum as long as it yeah. is between consenting adults. So, um, you know, if people do have rape fantasies, which is very real, um, you know, in their personal life, I know a lot of people that do that. Um, you know, the yeah. idea is that it is still consensual and that you are, you know, acting that it is non-consensual. Um, so that's a huge important factor to acknowledge that it is still both consensual on both ends. Um, for me, most of my clients are like breath play, smothering, um, things like that, foot worship, stuff like Face that. sitting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't deal with race things. I don't think I would be comfortable doing that um, because I'm very white passing anyways. So, um, and I've been called a chug and all that stuff too. So I don't know. I think it, it may hit a chord with me. Um, playing, playing those kind of things, those kind of scenes out. Um, I've done age play in the sense where they're the child. Um, I've never had to play like a baby girl. Um, I played like someone's stepmom, which is borderline insulting, (laughs) but I'm now passing as like the MILF. (laughs) I think we've all done that. Yeah. Don't worry. I've done it too. It's like, how many kids do you have? I'm like six babies and they all sucked down my titties. And you're like, stop. Not, not really, not really, not even with my massive nipples, but seriously, like, like, I know these, how you feel. With these perky boobs, never. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's, I think I would draw the line at um, me playing an underage girl. I think that would bother me and race stuff I wouldn't touch on, but that's just my personal yeah. boundaries. How about yourself, Riley? Yeah. Um, just before we get into that, I actually had a client a while back who asked me if I had had any kids and I was like, excuse me? What? (laughs) He was like trying to compliment my boobs, like saying that they were naturally big, but I was like, I'm sorry, like with this body? I know. I'm always like, (laughs) with my youth, I am but a child myself. (laughs) No, I was so insulted. Um, but yeah, I think I have very similar, um, boundaries to you guys. Like I, I don't think I'd be comfortable. I mean, definitely not with anything BCLA related. Um, and yeah, I don't think age play as well would be my, my cup of tea. Uh, and then I'm white as all hell. So I don't think uh, race play would be something that I'm comfortable with. If you want to call me a cracker, like go for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I totally feel you. It's a funny one, isn't it? What about putting men in body bags? How would you feel about that? Leaving them there for hours. Great. Stab on their face, great. Oh my yeah. god, there was this one guy that wanted me to put a. Uh, I mean, this, this is a thing, but like put that my stiletto heel down their japs eye, and that is just something you just don't want to see on a Monday morning. So, and that happens on Monday morning. So <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay. This isn't like after you know Friday night after a few tequilas. You do need to have a stiff upper lip, <laughs> not just for you know the not the naughty things, the nasty things, but for those sorts of things as well. It's just a lot. So I get you. Sorry. I'm on same vibe. What a jaspite? A oh, japs eye. Sorry, that's what they, that's what we call it here. Like the like 
the penis hole. Oh. <laughs> That's what trouble. we call it here. Literally. Oh my god, I don't even have a penis and that made me like cringe. I, I <laughs> know, right? That's what we, that's what they call it. They're like in the are you like, stop no, not in your room. Have you ever seen those guys who put like their big thick um like metal rods down their dick? Yeah, I think it's called sounding, I think. I don't even know. I that is not for me. I can't even watch it when they stretch it out. You're like, no, um, I see your eyes watering from here. It's not good. <laughs> with like the body bag <laughs> stuff, I am very, very comfortable with a man being shut the fuck up and like put away. So like, if I could only have clients that want me to like muffle their mouth, put them in a body bag, and like hide them, I'd be like dream job. If that's all I had to deal with ever was like getting rid of men <laughs> in body bags. <laughs> I'm so. I'm so, like, frazzle-minded that I would absolutely forget them and just go home. <laughs> it becomes, like, a real body bag. You're like, oh, fuck again. <laughs> I'm going to get a phone call from you being like, help me with this body. I'm like, not the 10th time this week. <laughs> Put an alarm on. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh, God, he's not coming out of there. He's staying in there. No. Straight to death, literally. <laughs> I hope you think he's being forgotten because... So, so you said that you didn't really have any training. I know, um, in Jenny Nordback's book, she talks about how with the dungeon she worked at, um, she had to do, um, be a sub first and then she become a switch and then she become a dom. Um, yeah, yeah, they do that a lot yeah. here as well. But yeah, so just, just to understand the role play, I guess. Right, I think that's but yeah. fair. I find that interesting. I think that's a, that's a great way to start learning. I mean, even in your your everyday normal sex, normal muggle sex life, personal mm-hmm. sex life, I think it's nice to be able to switch it up. Like, this is the issue that, you know, a lot of girls have. They're like, oh, I'm normally very dom- um, submissive in my real life, but to be able to be dominant with a dominant man, like, you want to be able to feel the feeling of what it is like to fuck a man in the asshole with a with, you know, pegging, you know, like that's what you want. It's very difficult. And at least that's the type of job you could almost, and especially if you're switching it up in, in, I guess, training, you'd get that kind of power, like role reversal, Mm -hmm. which women wouldn't normally have in their everyday lives. And I think that that's really important as like to just be a human being, to know what that feels like. Um, Even if it's not something that you like, at least you know then you don't like it. I think that's the big thing about, you know, being in the sex industry or even just being a person who has sex. Like, there's not just one way to do it. And I like that thing that you just said, don't yuck someone's yum. And it's almost like, unless you've tried it, unless you've been witness to it or had the situation, then you don't really have a right to, do you? Almost. But yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I like to live by a saying, um, try everything once, and if you like it, try it again. <laughs> try it five more times. <laughs> <laughs> so um, going back to different types of clients and different um, requests, what are mm-hmm. your favorite types of clients or t- favorite types of requests you get? I like the ones who – want to have a conversation that's what I like I like the nice quiet conversational types that know what they want who are polite and respect my time 
And I mean, we're all asking, it's like asking for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to come down and fuck me in the arsehole. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so it, it does really, it does really, fuck it, it's very difficult to find. Um, you're asking me like the ideal man. No, I mean, I've had a few guys who, especially the beginning of Corona that were like really lonely, that would love to just come in and just like, oh, what does this do? What does that do? Oh, I just want to learn about, you know, maybe even dipping my toe in this world. You know, that's my kind of ideal situation. Not having to really hurt anyone. <laughs> I was basically the worst job ever. <laughs> I, um, I just wanted to like, you know, be around these people who were just exploring that se- that side of their sexuality for the first time. You know, I, I have whipped many a men to the nth degree and it's it is a powerful feeling and it's like a nice I guess a nice powerful situation to be in for a woman who isn't really very uh dominant in her own sex life right so it's a complete acting job um but for me I just like the kind of soft simple types that would just come in and leave very quickly and leave me to have my lunch on the hour do you know what I mean (laughs) it sounds really fucking basic but when it is your job all the time like I mean, it fascinated me to learn about these things, but it's not a world that in which I would like, like I've said, stay in. So it was just like meeting new people. It's almost like being in the strip club. The best, the best customers are the guys who don't want you to dance for 25 songs on your knees, twerking in the air, face down, ass up. The best clients are the ones who just chill the fuck out and like, like to spend some time with you, you know, and respect your, it's the same in the Dom world. Exactly the same. Just want to like chill, like chill and meet sweet people, you know, and almost have regulars. That's another thing that's the best thing. Like if you can have a regular that could come in and you could spend time with every week and almost explore their new kink with them together, that is the way that you can get the best out of a session. Um, not just like, this is what I want, this is what I had with the last Dom, this is how I want to be flogged and I these are my, this is my safe word. It's just a lot, you know. I just would rather it be... <laughs> it'd be like kind of something you work together with that one person on almost like having a sugar daddy, but in a dom house, you know, like a, a girlfriend, boyfriend experience thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, my mm. favorite is definitely feet fetish guys. I really? love it. I don't even, in my, even in my personal life, I find it very arousing when men like feet. I don't know. I think I just, it, it, I fuck with that hard. <laughs> like I love that shit. Um, and like, and it's just like, you don't got to do much. You literally just put your feet out there and they just like kiss on them and touch them and rub them and rub their face on them. And you could literally be like on your phone doing fuck all, right? Like you're not even really in the session. And they love that. A lot of the clients that love feet fetishes love to be really dominated and like not cared about in a way, um, I found. And then um, I also doing hard impact play, that amount of like physical exertion was like, yeah. I, I totally get what you mean where it can't for me it couldn't be my be all end all um because I just took a lot out of you mentally and physically for sure yeah 100% Riley would you would you do it would you work in a dom house uh 100% I would yeah absolutely just to give it a go um I've had a couple of sub clients but I've definitely had you know great ones and not so great ones so I have a guy who loves to um be humiliated and put on like little outfits and uh, be mocked and stuff in public places. Um, But I also had a guy who was fine with like the foot worshiping part, but he also wanted me to financially dom him, but then he'd be very resistant to it. Like I, I never went overboard. I never asked him for like hundreds of dollars or whatever, like he was uncomfortable with, but 
as when we would play like Fendom uh, games and then he'd be really reluctant to like pay it. And yeah, it just kind of was like, okay, so you want me to dom you, but you're also not being accepting to the dom part. So it was just like really taxing on me emotionally to always like be on top of it. And then I like, obviously I was getting him to pay for the game up front and then the prize money after. And yeah, it just became a huge headache. He would disappear for two weeks and then come back. And yeah, it was definitely very emotionally draining. Yeah. I mean, Findom is like, I was like finding a whale, isn't it? How have we not like said that Findom is our favorite fucking fetish because I love me a good pay pig. (laughs) But again, it's like the Jesus asshole comment you made. Like it's their fucking few and far between, but yeah, 100% Findom where it's at. (laughs) When there are the pay pigs, hit us up. Right? Literally, get over here. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, I can. It's hard to get a real one for sure. Like, yeah, they're literally like Jesus. Like, I sort of keep like comparing everything to Jesus. It's like Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say. No, I come from a really Catholic background. Okay, so this is like he always dropping it in, but I'm like, oh, same. Feel you. It's just like, where are they? They always put their names on seeking arrangements, like Pay Pig, like Findom wanted. I'm like, really though, because that's not, that's not what you want. Like, like give me your bank account details. No. Okay. Well, that's where we end the conversation. They're like a hundred dollars for two hours. (laughs) You're like, sir, no. No, no. (laughs) Send me this amount of money. Okay. But what do I get? Like nothing. This is what you get. You get to give me money. (laughs) Yeah. On the same kind of train of thought, um, what has been some of the strangest requests you've either had to do or have heard be requested? Okay, so I was witness. I didn't involve myself in this because it was absolutely too much for me. But there was this one. There was this one girl who basically was held up by rope, like shabari rope in the in the sky, but upside down, with her legs spread, like like. I don't know. Like you can imagine, her head is down. She's completely like bound like pig bound but then also her legs are completely spread out and a guy because i can't even say it <laughs> guy shat inside her Ow! inside her no is, did he have to he must have had to push it in if i'm gonna get real like real like with the picture he here p- he pissed first he pissed first and then shat inside her afterwards yeah I like everything I ever learned about like feminine hygiene UTIs. and like <laughs> keeping your pH balanced is screaming at me right now. Yo, her gynecologist. Yeah, her gynecologist is probably like, stop. We don't have enough pills. Like, stop getting shit in. <laughs> I think she used them. I think she started. <laughs> she started. Uh, she's like, don't wipe front to back or get shattered. No, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so fucking gross. I think she used a femidom or fem femdom like for a bit, like a little like female condom, and then that just went out the fucking window, obviously, because like those things don't work, as we all know. So yeah, that was horrific. Hence why I quit the job because <laughs> it's only so often you can see that on a Monday morning. It just not, doesn't work. Um, oh, I I'm so curious, and like you obviously don't have to answer this, but do you know how much she got paid for that? I think it obviously was in the thousands, but yeah, never enough. <laughs> Nothing's enough for Yo, that. Like, no. what the fuck? Real talk, though. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he knows girls 
who like and he like I, I trust him. He knows girls who get flown out to Dubai and guys will like shit on their chest for like a hundred thousand dollars and they fly the fuck home. It's crazy. Apparently in Dubai, like crazy shit happens and they drop mad cash for it. So I don't know, this bitch needs to stop getting shit on and in for a thousand dollars and go get shit on her chest for like a hundred K. Like that's where it's at. A hundred K like I would do that. Like there's a huge difference between being shat on and then shat in. Like you can wash that shit off. Can you wash it out? Like No, no, you can't. A lot of lot of like crevices, you know? <laughs> Honestly, I think I did an episode on this on Stripper Stories like three weeks ago. Dubai porta potties. That's what they're called, aren't they? Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking online. thing. Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did the yeah. girl, they, did, did the girl oh. go to Dubai and do it? Or you guys were just talking about it? Oh, no. Like, we we know people who have done it. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. But it's like not just shit. It's like, um, like... I don't know, shit wrap. So you get like full on like cling film wrap with shit. Um, you can, they are almost ask like really crude things. Like, well, I mean, it was, this was online as well. One of my friends is like, she got asked for this guy's dog to fuck her in the hotel room online. It was something like, um, will you let my camel fuck you for a, a seven grand, uh, put a salmon in someone's asshole, a live salmon in someone's asshole. Like, literally, they're, they're just fucking, they're bored over there. They're bored shitless and they just want to do everything they fucking can to pay these Western women to come over and just completely degrade themselves. I mean, what, I mean, if you had that much fucking money, I'd probably do the same thing. Let's yeah, be fair. I was going <laughs> like, to say, and they say, and they say money can't buy happiness, but money can buy you, you know, to put a salmon up someone's asshole. So, I don't know, maybe again. <laughs> That's fucking wild. Which websites are they using? Like, I have to have a browse. I know. I need some light reading. (laughs) Yo, that's fucking wild, though. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Dubai is beautiful. Like, I know, go for a nice walk. Why are you so bored in Dubai that you need to, like, be shoving fish up in people? (laughs) Damn. I think it's more like, it's more of the sugar daddy vibe, isn't it? Like, women who can't afford to go over there and live, like, the 25-star lifestyle that people do, they almost, like, get flown over there. You have to do, like, a uh, non-disclosure video saying that whatever this guy asks you to do, that you're okay with it on a video so that, you know, when he does shit in your mouth, then there's nothing you can say about it, you know? Like, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah a mouthful I mean, of shit. You can't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden, me and Riley are like not going to be around for like a month, and all of a sudden, you'll see a picture of us in Dubai, and you're like, those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, what the fuck? They got shit in their mouths. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Girls, if you decide to do this, can I be the first person that you ever show these photos to? 100% you are. Camel. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back on your podcast. We'll talk about it. Last our pet camel. <laughs> Literally the return of the Dubai porta potties return. <laughs> 100%. Yo. Ah, uh, no, that's some good money. Um, and also, I don't have no one's yum. So, hey, if you want fish, fish up in your – I mean, bestiality might be a hard no for me. You know, consenting adults, humans yeah, yeah, only. Yeah. But the shit stuff, go for it. Um, the next question we we're going to ask you, speaking of, like, no rules Dubai, um, <laughs> what sort of rules did the dungeon have? The ones I worked in, none. <laughs> 
literally none. I mean, in your in your like safe space in your play time, um, you obviously you discuss with the person like what their limits are, what their safe words are for them personally. But the dungeons who where people work for themselves in the house. I mean, obviously. Uh, you pay up front. That's a massive yes. No matter what you say, you're paying up front. So that is, I guess, one rule. Um, but other than that, it literally is whatever they say or sh- you say, the Dom says goes. You know, it is a very safe space uh, to, for people to explore fantasies that I didn't even know existed. Um, and yeah, I, I've never personally, for myself, I've just known to get the money up front and they've obviously got to sign, sign like a, a, an agreement before they go in to say that this is why they're there and if anybody ever wants any chargebacks or, you know, has any complaints afterwards, that it's all kind of covered. But, yeah, rules, like, rules weren't ever really, like, a thing for me, personally. I think it's more, more because I was probably a more soft play than, than anyone else. Like, I never really got to the point where I was doing, you know, I don't know, like, three or four days straight in a dungeon that happens, you know, people just don't leave for three days. You you can imagine what goes on in those sessions. Right. So, uh, I'm sure there are rules for them. I don't know. Have you, what rules have you ever encountered in a dungeon that you've worked in? Have you ever had any like hard rules? Uh, so I've never worked in a dungeon. Um, one of the girls yesterday was asking me if there's dungeons in Vancouver. And I honestly don't really know of like straight up proper dungeons that you see in like yeah 50 shades of gray and stuff existing here in dan um the only real dungeons i know are like like you said like people's apartments that they rent out to like doms so where it's like a person's very nicely decorated like very bright like it's not like you no know, it's dark dungeon there's like the trickling of like water dropping over the stones or whatever right <laughs> like the visual you get there's like chains clattering <gasps> as you walk in but yeah, yeah. you know it's just like nice ass like bougie like vancouver place um so yeah and, and then the rules are just it's between you and whoever you're with um, I'm very much into like knife play in my personal life, but I don't do that with clients because there's just, uh, the liability about it, <laughs> you know, so I don't like like scarification with clients, things like that. So I, I play pretty like soft play with my clients, um, for safety reasons, obviously. It's just, it's just better all around. I mean, I could sleep at night and not have to worry. Oh God. Like when I put that salmon up that guy's asshole, I wonder if he's going to have a problem with it. You know, or like whatever. If it gets to the point where you're like, oh shit, like I don't know, I'm I'm definitely a lot more like, I guess it's made me realise how how soft I am and what my limits actually were. You know, I thought I was this big tough girl that go into this dungeon and do whatever the fuck I wanted. No, that wasn't the case at all. Absolutely fucking not. No. <laughs> yeah, everyone but thinks they're super hardcore. You talk to some squares and they think you absolutely wild them. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're working in the dungeon or in like sex work in general, have you ever come across someone you recognize or knew? Not in the dungeon. Um, because, well, mostly because the clients were, you know, a lot of them were 50, 60 plus. Um, that, they were like more older clientele, I think, in London. That's kind of like where that that kind of, uh, yeah, clientele goes is, is downstairs. Um, but in the strip club, absolutely. Yeah. I've had a few times where I've like recognized a face and I've been smuggled out to the, to the, uh, changing room being like, get the fuck out, 
go, 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 go. Like literally like a proper like operation. Get her out of the club. Like sort of thing. Because obviously you don't want to be seen otherwise you're not coming back to work. <laughs> so that happens. Um, that's happened a few times to be fair. I think it's only in the strip club that's happened to me. I've got this massive fear though one day of being on cam and obviously because you can't see the person on the other side you worry that like someone's just going to play along and be like oh hey what's your name and actually know who you are it could be like your ex-boyfriend or some shit like can you imagine if that was it? and you're there like hey baby here's my tits and like it's just the most awkward fucking thing so yeah that is one of my biggest fears like finding out that there's someone behind the camera that I know are you but, yeah are you not out as a sex worker in your um uh, in your hometown or in your community um well all my friends know uh my family knows um but there's just some I mean my ex-boyfriend's new but it is just a situation where you know especially on cam because you don't know who you're talking to Mm -hmm. it's almost like a bit of a violation of your privacy when like you know like when you're there not knowing who you're actually performing for that's why I always like want them to turn on the camera I think also being um a stripper like in a dancing club in London there is a stigma around it and especially if they knew my boyfriend the last thing you want to be doing is dancing for your boyfriend's friends do you know what I mean so that's another reason why I would want, wouldn't want to be like in that situation um mm-hmm. I have danced for friends and had that like experience which has been super fun or um yeah and on camera I don't think I've I've got lots of regulars who I would like you know be like oh yeah they're, they're my friends now like literally like long-term regulars over years but yeah I mean, it's not something you ever really want to like. I can't imagine dancing for my boyfriend's best friend or some shit like that. Like, I don't know. I thought I'd find that proper awkward. <laughs> I don't know about you girls. I I would. When I was back in New Zealand, I went to this uh, exotic massage with a guy that I knew. And uh, when you picked out the masseuses, it was just obviously like no headshots. It was just the bodies, and I let them pick it out. And when we got to there. Uh, they walked in the room there was two of them and one of them I had gone to primary school with (laughs) (laughs) and we just looked at each other and we're like like gay like no one said anything (laughs) you're like reading buddy is that you (laughs) (laughs) remember that Rachel project I had to do alone because you didn't help (laughs) (laughs) yeah freeloader Like, you can put your work in now. Yeah. Put that not out. That's hilarious. Oh, um, so you mentioned that you're doing cam work. Um, which sites do you use? And did you make that move due to COVID and the closure of clubs? Or had you been doing that um, before? And then have you seen a, seen a change since COVID? Yes, I didn't do it before COVID. I was one of those strippers that was like, oh, no, I will never do cam. Like, it's just beneath me. Like, what the fuck was I even thinking? Like, it's way better than working in a strip Well, I thought. I think it is way better than working in a strip club just because I get my sleep. I'm not drinking like a fucking fish. Like, I'm not losing my mind um, in a strip club most nights till, like, 6 a.m. It means I can actually, like do a day shift and do day work like normal muggle day people, which is, you know, not what we all aspire to be like, but now my boring old life, I'm happy with it. Um, so yeah, I did start at the beginning of COVID and I've worked on a stream mate, cam soda, um, and adult work. Adult work is the longest lasting one I've, I've tried. Um, stream mate, it's, it's all in free chat. I don't know if like, uh, yeah, everyone knows what free chat is, but apart from the muggles where you sit there for free, um, completely clothed, 
But um, that's not for me. I like to keep it on in the background while I do other things like podcasting or whatever, and then see, you know, like see whoever calls, I guess. Um, and that works best for me. So yeah, out of work has been best for that. Um, and yeah, I found it kind of up and down, you know, when people have spent all their money over Christmas, cause you don't get any customers for like weeks on end. Um, Mondays are always the best day of the week. Like it is on every other site. I don't know why they're obviously like massive blue balls over the weekends with their wives in the house or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, Mondays are literally like, you can make like 500 quid in a day, you know, 800 quid in a day, which is quite a lot of money. Um, to be sat in your house between nine and 6 PM, you know? So it's much better than, than working in a club in that respect for me. Um, obviously the social side, there's no social side because you're completely on your own. That's the massive negative downside. Um, and it can be quite isolating and obviously you don't know who you're talking to, but yeah, cam has been quite good for me. And I think, I think I'm going to try and give it a hack on like more of the American sites. I think adult work is a little bit more like this side of the pond i think like cam soda and stream mate they are a bit more you can get a bigger foot traffic i think and a lot more money but you have to be in free a lot and i just need to just fucking man the fuck up put some makeup on and just sit there and free okay and just fucking sort the shit out i'm just too lazy <laughs> i think there's lots of money to be made on cam though but it has definitely changed since all the strippers have lost their jobs and they're all online it's definitely overly saturated now yeah yeah, if you come um, start using like uh, American sites, uh, MFC and Chatterbait are what which most people use here, um, <clears throat> and they can you know still do um, the Europe as well um, on those Amazing. sites as well. So I know my girlfriend does Chatterbait, and she's like one of the top girls. She kills it, and she um, she like uses yeah Chatterbait, and she loves it. Um, but I'm like the nice. same as you when I did years and years ago when I used to fuck with, uh, only like, um, online work coming from the clubs where I don't have to talk to you unless you're paying me. Um, that like drove me insane being entertaining to someone on free chat and not getting, and like maybe getting like a 50 cent tip and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, I just can't be fucked to like put this time aside <laughs> and then walk away with like one bill at the end of the day, you know? So that like, I was not made for for um, online work. Also, I think like the human interaction aspect, real human concept I enjoyed over looking at a screen. And again, who knows who the fuck's behind it and who knows if they're just fucking with you. Um, and then a lot, I found a lot of people were just really fucking rude because they could hide behind their keyboards. And I was like, I'm not down with that. Like, you can't come say something to my fucking face. Like, let's do this. Like, you know? So I can be fucked to have online bullies like you know trying to see my vagina or whatever um what are um some misconceptions that you think there are about professional dom slum dom work um or just sex work as a whole that we are our jobs that we literally have no soul and that we're just there to just you know use and abuse and we're okay with it you know like and I think that's the same with every whether you you're a dom even like even if you're a dom and you're a dom in that situation with a sub they still kind of see you as um 
like like you said, if you smile or if you give them any kind of kindness whatsoever, they see that as weakness and you're not doing your job correctly. You know, you, you're not supposed to be a robot. Like you are a human being. And like if someone does give you a funny look or says they're, they're safe word or doesn't say they're safe word, but you do feel that you're going too far, you do have a responsibility there as a human being. You're not just going to fucking go for it, you know? And I think um, that was one thing I found really tough in that job. And I think especially being uh, a cam girl or like a, a dancer and people can you know I guess see my real face like a lot of the time when I was working in the dungeons I wore a mask so that was helpful for me um here they just kind of say like what's a girl like you doing a place like this can I just save you from your destitute are you being dragged exactly those faces I can see <laughs> you girls are like slow eye roll in the back of the head I want to fucking stab myself in the clit like no one cares what you think Okay, and let just fuck off. <laughs> let me live my life. I walked to the strip club. I paid here. 30% commission online because I fucking want to do it. Just shut the fuck up. If I wanted to do your boring little job in investment banking, I would have done it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it bothers me that people see us as um, lesser members of society and that we are easy and that we don't think sex is a big deal, you know, like in our, even in our personal lives. Um, I think because we know more about it, I think we do see it as, as a bigger deal than maybe someone who's just going on Tinder and swiping, swiping and, and just going on date, 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 date. You know, like if you're, if you're using your body and you're, if you're having sex for money and that's your job, when you do actually do it in real life and like it, real life, it's all your dating, you know, experiences, you do, you are a bit more careful about it. You do think about it a bit more. I think it makes us a you know, almost better members of society. I would ha I would hasten to add than maybe some some muggle girls who don't really know what the meaning of sex or what it should feel like or to be treated like. You know, so um, I think for me that's the biggest misconception is that fucking same thing. What's a girl like you doing in a place like this? I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I say that all the time, like, because I get paid to go on dates and paid to be a good companion. Um, it means a lot for me to give my free time to people, whether it be friends, family, et cetera. Um, it means more. So like my, my company, not to put down other people, but like for me to take the time out of my day and give you attention, like I could be making money off this. So the fact that I've chosen to do that should add value to it and not detract from it. Um, which is just like society's problem. They need to figure it out. Um, so before we let you go, there's always three questions uh, that I ask all of the guests. Uh, the first one, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to try? Ooh, that's a very good question. An all-male gangbang with more than five people. Like a full-on swarm of men. Like the most men you've ever freaking seen. And they're all going to be really good at it and really like caring. And like, you know when you see those gangbangs when there's like three guys at the top and they're all kissing the girl's face. And there's three guys, they all know their place and there's no confusion. And like, that would be my ideal situation. One day. One day. Uh, you know yeah. that um, Jesus Christ fucking your asshole comment yeah insert here like i don't think you're gonna find first off i don't think you're gonna find one man who knows what the fuck he's doing and cares so good luck finding fucking six or more <laughs> literally this is why i've never i've never witnessed it i've never even i mean even in porn you've never witnessed it that's probably my ideal thing that i'd like to try that or like 
pegging someone in the arsehole that really fucking wants it and like enjoys it throughout you know <laughs> that's also quite hard to find mm, but yeah I think yeah high stakes yeah, not in corona <laughs> Um, so your second question, one thing you've tried sexually that you wouldn't be doing again. That's a hard one. Everything. No, I think, um, pissing. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, it doesn't really do anything for me. I'm just like, if it does something for you, good, but I have to be in a really good mood. I don't like, like definitely not shit. I've never done that, but like pissing on me. I piss on other people absolutely every day of the week, even on a Monday, but no, not on myself. No, I think I wouldn't do that again. Unless someone was like, you know how like you say when you're um, super into someone who's into feet and you're like, yeah, why the fuck not? I don't have to do anything. If I felt that way about piss, I would do it. But it's just always just, even in the shower, it's never good. No. Yeah. Just a lot. No, I feel like mm. it's, I feel like pissing that, it's definitely like, it's to say they've done it. You know what I mean? It's a novelty kind of thing. Like, I don't get yeah. how you would really get pleasure out of it. Like, you're not you're not getting touched. Like, you know, you're just urinating on something. Like, do you, like, jizz every time you go piss in the forest? Like, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> your last question. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Instagram, get your fucking shit together and change your t- terms of service when it comes to sex workers right the fuck now because it's pissing me off every morning people doing fucking screenshots of just them putting their nipple online or even just a half a butt cheek and that's not allowed because it's soliciting sex that's what i would fucking say the internet needs to get the fuck over that people have bodies and if they want to use them for gratification sex companionship let them fucking do that if it's consensual and it's not hurting anyone else that's what i would say <laughs> Listen up, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, that is it for this episode. Where can people find you, Chloe? Um, we're basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, we are stripperstories.com. We've got a website with our YouTube and everything. So yeah, we've got an Instagram um, stripper stories podcast. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Riley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Van City Riley. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at 50 plus a tip or email me at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for joining us, Chloe. As always, it was an absolute pleasure. I am definitely gonna look into this Dubai toilet shit and, <laughs> and the fish going out the asshole. And you're gonna oh my God. some late night reading. Invite me. <laughs> yeah, literally invite me. If you find a good guy. You know, no salmon, but I'll do the rest of the shit with you girls. Tuna, the tuna only. <laughs> no salmon, just tuna. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a happy week and happy hoeing. Bye. 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 <laughs>